0: I feel really drawn to this work because there was a time where I felt completely financially overwhelmed. I was overspending, I had student loan debt, I wasn't making enough money, I didn't feel like I had much money to show show for the salary that I did make. Um, And I realized that, yes, I wanted to move forward on my finances, but I also wanted to enjoy the journey, right? I love to travel. It's something that I love to do, it's something that my close friends love to do. And at that time, I just felt like there was so much personal finance information that kind of shamed women, that shamed people like me um, for wanting to do things that we enjoy, like experiencing travel, while we're still attacking these big financial goals. And I kind of just felt like, that ain't for me.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Amber Key, and you're listening to A Bright Idea Podcast, a show that sits down with entrepreneurs to hear about the aha moment that launched their businesses. On today's episode, we're joined by Sania L. Amin, founder of Financed. Financed empowers ambitious professionals to effortlessly build wealth by earning more in their nine to five careers without shame. Their award-winning, community-led platform provides a proprietary curriculum to teach financial literacy and career advancement. Financed is dedicated to redistributing wealth back into the hands of Black professionals, with 275,000 followers and 1,000 students in counting. Sunia has developed and launched consumer-facing credit products at American Express, MasterCard, and PayPal. In 2022, she was named Entrepreneurista 100 winner by Chase Inc. in Best Community-Led Business. Sania is a graduate of Barnard College at Columbia University and the Wake Forest University School of Business. In her early 20s, the Baltimore native now working in New York City was strapped with debt. Even after landing her first big girl job, Sania was drowning in student loans, credit card bills, and overspending. Unwilling to sacrifice her love for luxury travel, Sania knew she needed to figure out a way to become financially free. As a child
0: growing up in Baltimore, uh, we didn't really talk a lot about money. It was kind of this idea that that's grown folks' business. And as a child, I I had a very cherished childhood. I had an amazing childhood, very cherished and loved. Um, but I, I didn't really have an understanding of like how much money we made and. How do we afford you the things that we do? um but at the same time, I think growing up in a city like Baltimore where most people when they think of Baltimore, they think of the wire, I was used to seeing black people struggle. So I think that that kind of always shown me that, okay, if this is the reality of just pretty much everyone that I know, almost everyone that I know is from Baltimore um you know, what else is out there right? So when I went to college and I went to uh, Columbia, that was like it was like a culture shock, right being surrounded by, People that had so much wealth, like almost, you know, and being so conspicuous with the amount of wealth that they have, right? Talking to, you know, peers and them talking about, oh, what are you doing over winter break? Oh, we're going to France. Oh, we're going to Aspen. You know, so I, I think, yeah, so I think being in that situation and really knowing for at that point, I did have more of an understanding of where my family was financially. And I knew that we did not have a ton of money, right? I was on financial aid. I worked multiple jobs. My entire four years at Barnard, um, I hustled a lot. I did internships. I, you know, I, I was hustling like I was the definition of a broke college student. I knew then that I did not want to struggle for the rest of my life, so I needed to figure out a way to be able to make the money that I needed to make to be able to survive in a city like New York. Um, so I think that's when things started to shift for me. I, I didn't exactly know how I was going to do it, but I kind of just like set that vision to say, I'm not going to struggle. I want to make you know, at that point, being in college, I was just kind of like, I want to make $100,000 like in my 20s. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm an Africana studies major, so I guess I'm not going to do software engineering. But beyond that, I didn't really know what else there was to do. So really, I think college was kind of the those really formative years and me kind of feeling like, OK, this is not the money reality that I want. I want to change this. What can I learn? What can I do? I'm willing to hustle for it. Um, and i'm I'm grateful that I think, as I started working full time, just the right information met me at a time when I was ready to receive it. right? When I was ready to really learn about financial freedom and building and living on a budget and building wealth, that's when I started to learn about it and really take it seriously. I started to make my own budget, my first budget. I started to read a lot of the books that were recommended in the personal finance community. I was using social media just as a way to learn because again, it wasn't commonplace in my family to talk about investing like, The first time that we've ever talked about investing as a family is when I brought it up to my family. It's just like, all right, what are we doing, family? So, um, you know, I think it's been transformative, not just for me, but my, you know, my entire family, and my entire community.
2: And so you mentioned you were an Africana Studies major in college for undergrad. (laughs) And did you go to grad school as well?
0: Yeah, so I did do a one-year master's program um, after college. It was kind of like a, hey, you're a liberal arts major, come get some Mm -hmm. business acumen for a year. And that was great. That was, it was a really great program um, that I did at Wake Forest University School of Business. And I'm really grateful that I did that because I feel like it gave me a chance to, you know, be a student again. And it gave me another year to be able to hustle and figure out what I wanted to do. And that's ultimately how I landed in product management at American Express, which, you know, obviously started off my my PM career.
2: So was that your first job working at um, American Express?
0: Tell yeah, my about, first job. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Yeah. So how I kind of landed that job again, I, I was in this grad school program in Wake Forest, which is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I knew I did not want to stay in the South. Um, yeah. So I was like, I need to get back into New York. I pretty much was just like, Uh, trying to talk to as many people as I could from like my college network and friends of their friends and, you know, friends that I knew were working full-time in New York City and really just trying to talk to as many people as I could in the hopes of getting, you know, an entry-level role in New York City. And, you know, kind of American Express just really stood out because I felt like everyone I talked to as I was networking was so willing to help me. The, you know, everyone I talked to was so diverse Um, And I really just kind of felt like I made really strong connections there. And, you know, obviously who wouldn't want to work at Amex has a ton of brand equity. I knew it was going to pay well um, and I knew it had roles that would fit what I was kind of looking for in terms of a career path. But how I landed on a product management team was really through just a connection that I had made. She had decided that she was going to leave New York and referred me, literally referred me for her job. I never applied externally. Like I pretty much had an in Um, And that's how I landed on a product management team. And that totally changed the course of my career. Product management was not something I ever knew about. It was not something I learned about in school. It was literally because someone referred me to a product management job, said, yep, I think you'll be great for this. They're looking for a senior analyst. You have all the skills that they're looking for. Um, And it thankfully was something that I not only really enjoyed, but was really good at and had really strong mentors in that first role that pretty much taught me everything they knew. And Um, you know, that really set me up for success. And what exactly is product management for the people that don't know? Yeah, for those that don't know, product management is the discipline around creating and building products for, for the market, right? So if you think about every company has products that they use to be able to drive revenue, a product manager is that person who is really making sure that that product is getting launched flawlessly from start to finish so working with designers working with marketing and sales teams um you know working across a lot of internal and external teams to make sure that hey when we have this product our customers going to want to buy it is it going to make the company money um so working at american express my product were credit cards i was literally on a team that built and launched the american express gold card so all the decisions around what do we call it how do we price it how do we let customers know that this is happening what are the benefits of it? What does it look like? Um, that was what my team did as as product managers. We made all of those decisions and really took on the work to make sure that, hey, if we're going to make this change, it's going to be successful and it's going to make Amex a lot of money. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoy it. I, I love doing it. Um, and it's really exploded. I mean, when I started working in product management in 2017, you know, it, it was it was a discipline. But now there's like so much more that you can learn about product management. There's so many more resources, programs, certificate programs, Mm -hmm. Um, it it definitely has exploded as a discipline. So, you know, that's why I love talking about product management under finance because I want more women and more women of color to know that this is a well-paid career path that is in demand, highly strategic, and is a great way for someone like me, who was that girl in college who like loved to be like the club president and loved to do all of these things and wear all these hats. Well, actually a great career path for someone like that is product management. Who knew?
2: I want to talk about sort of the pivot and ask you um, if you could talk about some of the challenges that you were facing during your time at at, um, American Express. Um, And if there was ever any, um, like as you were trying to level up, um, if there was ever any self-doubt or self-confidence issues that you were experiencing during that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here I was being, I was a young black woman in a predominantly white corporate space. Uh, I think doubt was something that always popped up in my head, right? I I mean, I was literally one of the first people in my family to work in a corporate setting on that scale, right? So I feel like I was kind of learning a lot of things for the first time that, yeah, I could talk to my phone, my friends and homegirls about, but, you know, it was all new. There really was no blueprint for me in terms of like, how do I navigate these spaces? Uh, you know, and here I am, a curvy young Black woman. I wear natural hair. Now I have locks. I always wore super long nails, right? Like, you know, I I was used to kind of having to also navigate respectability politics, politics around like how you should look, the optics of everything. And mm-hmm. I'll be really honest, Amex was a very political culture, right? It was, it was less about Yes, the work you did was important, but it was also very important to have the right relationships, have the right people know who you were and felt like they liked you and wanted to work you and wanted to push you forward. Um, So I think through all of that, especially having worked on such a high profile team, um, you know, I really felt like I wanted to see my career move faster than I feel like it was going to move at Amex. Um, And for me, I think I just realized, again, as I was learning about all of these financial freedom topics, here I am now in a career path that I could clearly see I'm on a pathway to be able to make and then save a lot of money, right? Like I don't even work in tech yet, right? So mm-hmm. I knew that I knew that my salary could continue to grow, but not if I, you know, stayed at a place where I was comfortable. Um, so ultimately, like that's kind of how I decided to kind of first make that first job hop. I knew I would be giving up a lot of relationships and I had a lot of people rooting for me at Amex and people were really like shocked when I decided to leave but ultimately I just kind of saw a more holistic vision for myself that didn't it no longer kind of met that no longer felt like I was being served in that place so that's kind of like how I made my first decision to leave and again I'm like 23 years old like they're like well, I, remember, I was going to ask. I was yeah. going to ask
2: how long were you at Amex before you made your yeah. jump, and how? And if you don't mind uh, me asking, how much were you making during that time?
0: Yeah, so I worked at Amex from July 2017 through March 2020. I literally left as soon as the pandemic started, mm-hmm. um, which is is just the way that things happen. So it was about two and a half years. So um, I was not even. 25 when i left amex that was my first ever company first couple of jobs and over the course of that time my salary went from $72,000 was my first official base salary to just under 100k i made 99k when i left amex um and you know when i when i made that first jump and moved to another company i mean my my income grew by $50,000 in one year just by getting that bump in in my base salary and then getting other bonuses and other things along the way um, and yeah, you know, I, I feel like I just kind of learned at that point that it's, I, I learned that I had to be really, I couldn't be risk averse to do the things that I wanted to do. Right. Like if I really was serious about building wealth, if I was really serious about having like a travel abundant lifestyle, being location independent one day, like I knew I was going to have to take risks. Right. Like there was no one, there was no one around me that was doing what I wanted to do. Right. Like right. there like, so uh, social media was pretty much the only space where I even saw other black women living the life that I wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. Being able to say like, yep, I travel or like, Oh my God, I work remote. Like, like before 2020, like I, yeah. I did not even think that that yeah. was something that I could even have in my twenties and it would be possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so like the world was changing, but it also was getting me closer to the things that I really wanted. Um, So I just knew that like, I just have to go grab them, you know?
2: No, absolutely.
0: And you brought up a good point earlier
2: about when I asked where you were coming from and where you came from and that the fact that you guys didn't talk about investing growing up. And I, I don't think that that's like a unique thing. I think that's very common, right. especially generationally. Um, yeah. but also we have parents who, I mean, my dad just retired in, in, um, April and he was at a company for 20 years, like, you know, um, and so I think we are now in this generation where we do, um, job hop more frequently, but uh, because that was something that you had never seen before, how did you find the courage to make that pivot and sort of how did you pivot to that higher paying job?
0: I think that I've, I've always been someone who is extremely goal oriented and I've, you know, like my friends will always say like, Sunny, you're the type of person, if you put your mind to something, you're going to do it. Like, there's no question about it. Like, nothing's going to get in your way. Um, so, you know, as I'm like literally reading all these books are just like, this is literally how you build wealth. If you have no money today, this is what you start doing. This is what you start investing in. If you can save 50% of your income or more, you will be able to retire in X number of years. Like, you know, yeah. I- I'm a girl that loved to follow some instructions. What do you mean you're giving me a whole blueprint? So I think it, it became less scary to kind of feel like, wow, if all of these people who are now multimillionaires are writing these books, everyone's saying the same thing. Like, this is now the same information that like, if I look at, you know, even these huge investors, like the Warren Buffetts of the world, they're all saying the same thing yet somehow this feels like novel information to me. Like, I feel like I've unlocked some secret treasure here because I'm just like, is it really this easy? Um, I think it made it a little easier for me to kind of see that, okay, this is a calculated risk that I'm going to take to get me closer to, again, that holistic vision I have for my life, right? That it's like, yes, this might feel like, and it definitely was, like, don't get me wrong. It definitely was scary to leave that first job at Amex, but. I kind of reminded myself, like, what are the pros and cons, right? The pros are, I'm going to have more money to be able to pay off the student loan debt. I'm going to be able to potentially have more money to travel with. I'm going to be able to say my net worth can grow. I'm going to be able to just feel like I have more stability, right? Um, you know, at that time, I had two roommates. I was living in like a really small apartment in Harlem, right? Like even just the reality of like, I'll be able to make enough money to live on my own, right? Like there were some really real tangible experiences that i wanted to have and i knew that i needed to make more money to do it to be able to do it comfortably without putting myself into debt without feeling like i was on this like never-ending hamster wheel so i feel like you know the feeling of getting those things and and getting to those chapters in my life i feel like that outweighed like the fear around like well you should just stay at this job where you're comfortable um and in terms of that pivot you know this is something i talk about a lot on finance, right like I I really feel like I was kind of following an order of operations around growing my money, right? So again, at Amex, like before I even left Amex, I really made sure that I could exhaust my options, right? I moved to a team internally that paid me more. So once I did that and once I pretty much knew, hey, as a manager or senior manager, I'm probably not going to make more money at Amex. Like I will probably have to wait X number of years before I get to that next level before they're even willing to pay me more. That's just the Mm -hmm. way it is now it's time for me to look elsewhere. And I stayed within my same industry. So like I talk about this a lot, but like, I was not looking at the big tech companies of the world. I was looking at who are the competitor companies that are right down the street that do the exact same thing that Amex does, where I also probably have connections, right? I probably also have people who have previously worked at Amex that may work there now. And that's exactly what I did. I just jumped to a competitor company that was still in New York City, did the exact same thing. I went from Amex to MasterCard. like. They literally do the exact same thing. And on yeah. top of that, like I said, I had really close teammates who had recently made the pivot over to MasterCard. So they were also able to refer me. They were able to speak highly of me when, you know, that hiring manager back in those days was in the office saying, hey, you know this person, right? Like they worked at Amex, right? So all of those things I feel like made it really possible for me to make the pivot and make it really efficiently uh, without feeling like I had to burn myself out or apply to all these jobs. Like I was working smarter, not harder.
2: also like from hearing you speak, it sounds like you're really working your network which yes. and, and using your mentors. And so I am, um, you know, for a lot of people listening that follow you, you are a digital mentor. So I really want to know from just what, just those facts and also your experience, like what was that aha moment that led you to start finance? Because you, you spoke earlier about the Warren Buffett's, the self-help books that you were reading about investing. And there's a scripture in the Bible somewhere that's like, when we make it to these le- to this level, we have to give, a, pull each other up and give back yes. to our communities. And so I really see finance as like giving back to our communities. And so what was like, did you have like a single moment that you were like, I'm going to help women out?
0: no there was not there was it was like a series of really weird moments that were happening to me where i was just like oh god why is this following me around so we gotta take it we gotta take it all the way back so here okay. i am 2018 <laughs> i'm literally still at amex 2018 i'm trying to get my money together um and here i am still also traveling like i'm still like taking little trips here and there taking little girls trips um and every time i would travel like people would be DMing me like on my personal page, like friends being like, how are you doing this? How I want to travel. Like I see you traveling like you and your best friends are always going places. Like, how do I get like y'all? Um, and I was just like, "Mm, okay. I'm, I guess people don't know how to travel. Like I didn't really take it seriously yet at the same time here. I am learning about this money. I just feel like, oof. like, I feel like I like it's so hard for me to find like other young black women talking about like the stuff that I care about. Okay. So it's that happening. That's also happening. And then like this, like, idea kept popping in my head. And it, like, I, I like to tell the story that I kind of just felt like it was like sitting on the back of my neck, like, you know, just like something that is just like, it's kind of knocking at you to kind of be like, hey, like, nope, I'm not gonna let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, This idea of like, why is no one talking about like, traveling and money together? Like, that's really how finance was born. I didn't even talk about nine to fives when I started finance. I was only talking about travel. I was talking about debt freedom. I was talking about living on a budget and saving for travel. Um, and that's really where finance was born. I mean, literally, like, I was just having these conversations amongst friends. And one friend gave me the name, which is like, well, you're so fly. And you love fashion and flight and finance. Like, why don't you call yourself finance? And I'm just like, Ugh. you know, like, so I was having all these moments where I just kind of felt like, these synchronicities were happening. And I'm just like, oh, well, maybe I'm meant to do this. But then imposter syndrome set in, I think fear of also, you know, I I remember when I first told some of my family members, like, hey, I'm thinking about like talking about money online. And they were just like, don't do that. Why would you do that? Like, whoa, like money is taboo. Like just, you know, again, all of these tropes and limiting beliefs around money started to bubble up within me to say, well, I'm not an expert. Like, Who gives me the right to say that I'm going to talk about money and talk about these things? Like, I'm no expert. I'm figuring things out on my own. So it really took me almost two years to get the confidence and courage to put clients out there. So it's funny to me that it's like I was I was much less afraid. Of jumping jobs, of growing my career, of taking these risks career-wise and professionally, than I was to put this passion project out there. And that's all it was, right? Like I didn't start finance with a grandiose idea that this is gonna be a seven-figure bit. Like, no, girl. I just was like literally thought it was passion, I was passionate about it. It was was so interesting and cool to me. And again, this idea just would not let me go. This finance idea would not let me go. And it just it started to also started to literally give me anxiety because I wasn't doing anything about it. Like I felt like God was really speaking to me to say that like, no, you have to do this. Like you are embarking on a transformation that is bigger than you. And like, once I kind of started to realize like, okay, that's why I've been called to do this. Things just started to happen. Like I, I, here I was once, never thinking, I will never be consistent with social media. And here I am with the whole, you know, a whole community of women that that looked to me. And you know, it's it's been it's been crazy. But to think that where I am today, finance is not where it where it was, right. So I've had to pivot. I had to shift my business, right? I've had to learn what people really want to learn from me, right? I've had yeah. to learn um all of those things, right? So what flyance looked like when I started in twenty twenty and what it looks like today has definitely shifted. But I think at the root of it is around continuing to show through my own experience and now the experience of other nine to five parties that I work with that like, yes, our success is inevitable Two, we can have options. Wealth is going to bring us more options. And when we use our nine to fives, right, and actually use our nine to fives and all these agrees that we've acquired, we actually can create more wealth for ourselves to have more opportunities to do the things that we want. So that's kind of my thesis of all of this.
2: Yeah. And so what sort of, uh, programs can people, um, take through the fly-man's?
0: Yeah. So right now, finance is really about helping nine to five hotties see what skills they have and be able to grow their money grow their income with the skills that they already have. Right. So, if you want to start working with me, the best way to do it is to take my free quiz because then I'll be able to give you personalized advice on what path to take. But right now, how you can work with me is in my six-figure skills masterclass, like that is my intro class, over 700 nine to five highs have taken it. And it's really about showing you me that- included. you included. Can... Yes, I was going <laughs> to say, yes, I know I have you taken it. Um, and really about helping you see that you have so many more transferable, high-paying skills that you probably could be coming to work And let's use sites like LinkedIn and other technology to be able to get you closer to those jobs and career paths that you want. From there, um, I coach, right? So I actually have like a six-week live coaching program where I take someone who is ready to double or triple their income from step A on what skills I have to step Z, how do I negotiate an offer and quit with grace, right? So pretty much everything that I've learned over my five-and-a-half-year career I bundle that all into a six week program to be able to help you feel that even if you don't feel like you have the confidence on clarity on what to say, what to do and how to pivot, that now you have a clear blueprint on how to do that. So those are kind of some of the main ways that you can work with me. And, you know, I feel like I'm always just trying to learn and hear from my community around like what else, what other options and tutorials and advice you need. So stay tuned because I always got something that I'm cooking up. No, absolutely. And
2: one of, I took the six figure seminar uh, class that you're referring to. And one thing that I really took away um, that I have told all of my friends who have also taken the class now as well, is that when we go out and apply for these jobs, one thing that's so daunting is the the amount of experience that they put, like you need five to 10 years of experience, or you need like all of these skills. And you're like, oh my God, I just want to make, I just want to make what I deserve, but like, I don't have all of the the skill sets. And one thing that I really loved about your course was that, was to take those transferable skills and those soft skills and be able to use projects that you maybe done like once or twice in, in your career and really play to those skills, um, in your resume and in your cover letter. And so like no one, says, no one tells you those things. Um, And that was something that I really took away um, from your course. But I want to kind of go into um, some more facts of something that I found interesting. And it kind of goes back to your product management piece. But um, the numbers appear to be lower for Black women venturing in the world of computer science and STEM. And so these were just a few interesting statistics that I found. But Um, Black women only represent 4.2% of biology sciences, 2.6% of computer sciences, 2.8% of physical sciences, and 3% in math and statistics, um, according to the National Center for Science and Engineering. Um, And so I want to, you talked a lot about um, product management, but why do you think that this is uh, a career path that more Black women should be pursuing?
0: Yeah. So, you know, product management to me is so strategic because those are the decision makers that are building the products that we probably rely on and use every single day, right? Like, remember what I said, product management is within every industry. It is industry agnostic and it is literally happening at some of the biggest tech companies, right? So we think about even platforms like Instagram, like, you know, the social media algorithms that we use every single day, right? There are product managers who are making those decisions around how things work, how you consume the data, right? How do we use this data? All of these things, right? So when we're not at those tables helping to make those decisions, we are now out of these conversations all together we're not even being considered when these products are being built and delivered so we need more black women at the table who are bringing in our lived experiences who are bringing in our perspectives to truly make one products more inclusive but also to just add to that diversity of thought right like mm-hmm. i feel like when i worked in product management i was probably the only black woman right so here i was surrounded by mostly white 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 men who were making all of these decisions right mm-hmm. so I think it's important from that piece, but I think it's also important because it's a well-paid career path and more of us need to need to have access to it, right? Yeah. And I think what what's happening in particular in product management is there is an access gap, mostly just because, again, it has, although this, this one has has blossomed. I feel that there are still these like invisible barriers where it's almost like people hire people who have these like conventional ideas of what a product manager should look like. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's really important for me to really highlight different free and low cost and paid programs that help people break into product management, because I think that there are incredible companies doing the work to help people land into this career path, who are considered historically more marginalized, that I really feel like it's my duty to share those opportunities with people who may not, like me, have had the opportunity to make that connection organically with someone who can help them grow their career.
2: I do want to play. So I have a friend who um, took your course and is now a product manager, and she has has a testimonial for you. So I want to like play it for you.
3: gosh. Hey Sania. my name is Ashley and I've been a product manager for just over a year now and in large part thank you to you. So over a year I was burnt out in my job in my old role and stressed and I just needed a change and I wanted to pivot. I knew I wanted to get into tech and I was trying to figure out what role would be right for me. I came across your content and I think I watched everything you had out at the time. I've been subscribed to your email list and just you reaffirmed that product management was the right role for me. And I did a boot camp. I transferred positions and I've never been happier. I love my job. I make so much more money and it's just going great. And I just want to thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. I've loved watching your growth with your content and everything, your brand and your platform over the past year so. Shout out to you. Keep doing your thing, and thank you.
0: Oh my God! See, that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. just and, and oh, oh my God! I'm I literally have goosebumps right now, and I feel like that that's what I wish for everyone who sees my content, who you know consumes my content, who learns about finance and what I feel like I'm doing. It's just like, I think that joy, the same joy that I feel like I felt in growing my career, just feeling like, oh my God, I have so many more options that I thought was possible. Or, oh my gosh, I have so much more money that I can make. And like, there's nothing wrong with me, right? I don't have to go back and get another degree. I don't have to, you know, convince myself that I can't do these things, right? Like I can do these things and these things are possible for me. I just got to figure out a way to do it. Um, so, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing that.
1: Thank you, Sunia, and thank you listeners for tuning in. That's it for this week's episode of A Bright Idea. This week's episode was so packed with so much great information that we decided to do a part two. So come back next week as Sunia takes some of our listener questions to help you advance your career. You can support her business by going on to finance.com and signing up for one of her courses. You can also follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Flynanced, that's spelled F L Y . N A N C E D to stay up to date on tips and for new courses available. We are building a community of support here at A Bright Idea, so follow her on social media, give her reviews, and tell all of your friends. You can listen to A Bright Idea on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Amber Key.